yourselves a hand. You got out of bed this morning. Come on now. This week, I need to give myself a round of applause every day. It's really sunny outside. It's fantastic. I'm going to get out of bed today. So. Yay, I got out of bed this morning. Yeah. Uh, again, thank you so much for being here today. We are uh, celebrating baptism. It's going to be great. Uh, and yes, we do baptisms outside. Thank you. 
we also need these blanks to, to write down what, um, what you want to hear because we want, I want to speak on what you want. I want to give the people what they want. You know that's a bad idea. That's a bad when you accidentally hit reply all. Oh no, I didn't mean for that person to get that email. Um, but we we are meaning to hit reply all today, and we're responding to all of the uh, all the questions that, that you guys have asked us. And um, today I am talking about um, how to handle stress. How to handle stress. Um, for some of you, you're like, oh yes, thank you, Lord Jesus. That's what that's what I wanted to hear. Um, most of you. The next, the next part was, how do I handle difficult people? That was the second most popular question. So I don't know what that tells you about what you're doing to each other, but y'all are causing a lot of stress to one another. And, uh, and so uh, next Sunday on Mother's Day, uh, you, it, it may seem kind of weird uh, that we're doing it, but, but I figured the most qualified person to talk about how to handle difficult people is Tanya Harrell, because she's married to me. Come on, somebody. Yeah? So next week on Mother's Day, Tanya's going to talk about how to deal with difficult people. And uh, so she's, she's qualified, all right. <laughs> Am I the only one that finds that funny? I don't know. But and then some other things that we're going to be talking about. We're going to be talking about how to be That was the third most asked uh, question, and then um, we're gonna and we're talking about family, and we might combine those two. I'm not 100 sure how we're gonna do that yet. And then uh, we'll talk about forgiveness for this week too. So um, I'm excited about it. I want to give you what you want. And then after this series, we're gonna start something that we're just gonna call it Summer at the Refuge. Come on, come on, summer. Summer is almost here, and we're gonna call it Summer at the Refuge. And we're just gonna Let's talk about stress. How's that? Let's talk about stress. Um, if you have your Bibles, you can turn them to uh, Psalm 62 with me. If you don't have them, um, I'm going to read a few scriptures for that. But if you don't have them, you can uh, go to the uh, New Version Bible app on your cell phone. And you can follow along with all of today's words. Um, some of the things that I will say are already in there. Like we all experience stress. We all experience stress. Eight out of ten people is a lie. Um, we 
feel stressed out. And in order to address our stress, I think, ooh, I just took time. That, that might get me going in a minute. In order to address the stress in our lives, we have to, we have to address the causes of our stress. You see, I'm afraid that on Easter Sunday, when you guys were checking your boxes and marking your questions that you want to hear, I'm afraid that you were thinking, oh, stress, I have that. I think I'll check that one. But what you didn't realize is that we're going to have to talk about some things that are causing the stress in your life. And as we address the things that are causing the stress in your life, you're going to go, oh, I'm not stressed out at all. <laughs> Did I say I'm stressed? I'm, I'm really not. I don't really want to address that. That's what I'm afraid of. In order to handle the stress in our lives, we have to be willing to take a look at what's causing the stress, and then we have to address it. We have to do something about it. If you're not willing to do something about it, one of the things that I say in any counseling that I do, and I don't, I don't do much counseling because I wouldn't be a good counselor, because I'd say, you know what, are you going to do something about it? And if you don't do something about it, it's like, I can't counsel you. I can't, I can't help you. You have to be willing to do something in order to get rid of the stress. It's going to require work. It's going to require work. So what are the, some of the things that, that cause stress? Well, relationships is a big cause of stress. That's why we want to talk about difficult people, because difficult people are causing stress in our lives. Relationships are probably the number one cause of stress, I would say. And then there's probably marriage, which is a part of relationships. Marriage is, is causing me stress because, well, Kanye has to deal with difficult people all the time. <laughs> and then maybe you're not married, and that causes you stress because you want to be married. And so it's like you're damaged if you do, you're damaged if you don't. Like, if I'm married, I'm, I'm stressed. If I'm, if I'm not married, I'm, I'm stressed about, about not being married. And relationships are a big cause of our stress. Another big cause of our stress is conflict. It's conflict. Conflict. I, I just wrote down a few of them. Conflict, deadlines, parenting, divorce, divorce, mom trying to parent and navigate that whole thing. For those of you that have been divorced or that, that parent your kids and you got to, I, I applaud you. I, I can't imagine what that, what that's like. I can't imagine the stress that that causes. Um, expectations. Again, it has to do with relationships, but people's expectations in our lives, like our job's expectations, causes stress in our lives. Deadlines are probably the, the number one cause of stress in my life, and, um, and that's because I'm a procrastinator by nature. Uh, I, I, I like to put things off, and so because I put things off, then guess what? The deadlines are causing me stress. That's, that's one, of, one, of my, one of my stress levels. New jobs cause us stress. Old jobs cause us stress. Sickness and illness. Maybe you're fighting a disease and that's causing you the stress in your life. In fact, a lot of the root cause of illness in our life is stress that we have on our life. Sin, unresolved sin in our lives causes stress and unresolved shame in our lives causes stress. We have a lot of 
causes for stress we all feel stressed out. The Bible talks about a lot of the sources for our stress. And um, and, and we're gonna talk about, about some of those today. Again, I'm afraid that what we talk about today that you're not gonna want to, to deal with. That's my biggest that's my biggest fear in talking about stress. But the fact of the matter is, again, that's why I'm a preacher, not a counselor, because I I can't make you do the work anyway. I can tell you what to do, but but I can't make you do it. And and so um, we're going to talk about it. Most of the time, we think that Jesus promises us an easy life. Most of the time, we think that Jesus promises us uh, a stress-free life, but in fact. Jesus doesn't promise us a stress-free life at all. He, in fact, promises us that it's going to be hard. He promises us that it's going to be difficult. In fact, he promises us that we will experience stress. But what he does promise us is that when we feel stressed and when we feel overwhelmed, that he will be with us in the middle of our stress so we can experience is with us in our stress. We're going to get to that in a moment. In John chapter 16, verse 33, it says, I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Jesus wants to be our peace. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. If we want to overcome the world, if we want to overcome stress, if I can put it that way, then we have to look to the one that has also overcome stress, that has also overcome the world. Are you with me? Are you with me? Nod your head so that I can know that you're paying attention. Thank you very much. It's like when we pray for patience, God doesn't just give us patience. He gives us opportunities to to experience patience, opportunities to grow our patience. And some of you are like, oh, that's why they say fast forward to never promises us that our circumstances are going to change. He promises that he'll be with us in our circumstances. In Psalm chapter 34, verse 19, it says in the New King James Version, many are afflictions, many are the afflictions of the righteous. That word affliction is so good. Many of the afflictions are the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of all. So that word afflictions Webster's Dictionary, it, it means persistent pain or persistent distress. Stress, the stress that doesn't go away is persistent. It never gives up. That's what the word affliction means. And so if, if we're going to experience the righteous, the Bible says, we'll experience affliction. We'll experience nagging all the time, all the time, all the time. It, it, it never gives up. It never 
attitude to go away. doesn't matter how advanced technology gets, life will always be difficult. They said that the iPhone was going to make life easier, which has made my life more complicated. Especially when, when you pray for patience and all of a sudden all your technology goes. <laughs> like, anybody else get attacked to your technology? Like, come on, it's not, it's not just me. I know I'm 35, I mean 30, 39. <laughs> I know I don't know how old I am. <laughs> My iPhone didn't tell me how old I was this morning, so I don't know. Psalm 62, verse 5 through 10. I want to read it for you. But I want to I want to do something a little different. I want to just take my time as I read it. Can I do that? Can I do that? Psalm 62. It says, let all that I am wait quietly. Doesn't that sound good? <laughs> let all that I am wait quietly. I don't know if any of you ever get alone in a room and just just wait quietly just, just turn off sometimes when I'm driving down the road I'll just turn off the radio just to have silence just to be quiet waiting quietly sounds peaceful and it is but that doesn't necessarily mean that the stress is gone but when we wait quietly we we address we can address the stress in our Continue on, it says, but all I am wait quietly before God, for my hope is in Him. He alone is my rock and my salvation, my fortress, where I may not be shaken. So in that quietness, he's saying, you don't have to be stressed out. You, can, you don't have to be shaken. You don't have to be overcome. You can wait quietly. He goes on, my victory and my honor come from God alone. He is my refuge. And so as I wait quietly, I realize that God is my refuge. He is my strength. He, he is my comfort. He is my peace. It just so happens that we named the church the refuge. That was by design, by the way. We want to be a refuge so that you don't have to be overwhelmed. Our mission is, is that we will uh, show people that when Jesus is refuge, they never have to be overwhelmed by the storms of their life. That's our mission. There's a place, he's saying. The writer here is saying, there is a place that you can find rest for your soul. Now there's there's a difference in taking a nap and getting rest and waking up 
and not feeling tired anymore. And there's, there's a difference in having rest for your soul. Completely different thing. He goes on. A rock where no enemy can reach you. Again, relationships cause stress. Enemies cause stress. Verse 8. Oh, my people, trust in him at all times. Pour out your hearts to him, for God is our refuge. There's that word again. For God is our refuge. He's the one that we have to acknowledge. We have to acknowledge that in him we have peace in order to get rid of our chaos. And then it says, in the other translation, it uses the word selah. And that word is, that, that break in, in scripture, a lot of times I like to skim right over it. And I don't like to acknowledge it, but what it means is, is it's a it's a musical. Um, the word selah is a is a musical expression in, in Hebrew, and it's saying we we just sang about the truth. Now we're going to reflect on the truth. Now we're going to digest it. Now we're going to just rest in it. So take a break. It's like a it's like a rest in music. It's just it's just a rest. A break. It says interlude. Now think about it. And then he goes on in verse 9. And I love verse 9 because it says, Common people are worthless and as a puff of wind. And a powerful and the powerful are not what they appear to be. I love it because that addressed, that he just addressed everybody. Common people and powerful people. And what does it say about both of them? It says, um, it says, they are a puff of wind, and they're not as they appear to be. And then he goes on. If you weigh them on the scales together, they are lighter than a breath of air. The scales don't go any way, any, anywhere, anywhere different. When you put people on scales, people that you think are powerful, people that you think are average, and you just put them on a scale, guess what? The scale doesn't move because we're all the same. Verse 10 goes on. It says, don't make your living by extortion or put your hope in stealing. And if your wealth increases, don't make it the center of your life. He concludes this part by saying, don't love money. (laughs) Whoa, wait a minute, Pastor Adam. I thought we were talking about stress, not about money. quietly at the beginning of that passage and he's saying you can find rest if you do these things a refuge is a place for you to find rest for your soul and when you find rest for your soul you realize that you never have to be overwhelmed by what's going on in your life but the only way you can do that is if Jesus is the center of it tired. God wants us to find him, and we're not going to find him in a bottle, and we're not going to find him in money, and we're not going to find him in our job, and we're not going to find him in other relationships with people. We're going to find him in, in his word, 
and we're going to find him in community that centers around him. I believe that we can find the answers to our stress right here in this passage. There's three sources of stress that are mentioned in this this passage. I want to point them out to you. Number one is relationships. Relationships is a cause for stress. Verse 9 says, common people and powerful people. He points them both out, and he says that there's nothing but but just a breath of air. What he's saying is, James puts it like this, they are a mist. They are a vapor. Common people are a vapor, common and, and powerful people are a mist. And guess when you put a, a breath of air, when you put them both on the scale, they don't go this they don't go anywhere because you know why? Because they all die. I got good news for you. Y'all gonna die. We all die. It's all the same. We're all the same. No one is mortal. Some of you that scares, and that's why you're here today. But we want you to know that when you find Jesus, there can be peace when there's death. There can be life when there's death. There can be peace when you feel like it's all crumbling down. So he addresses relationships. Colossians chapter 3, verse 14 and 15 says, above all, clothe yourself with love, which breeds, which binds us all together in perfect harmony, and let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts, for as members of one body you are called to live in peace, and always be thankful. Always be thankful. When you can find a way to be thankful for your brothers and sisters, or for for people, then you can find a way to to not be stressed out by the relationships that we have. When we stop comparing ourselves to each other, we will be a whole lot less stressed out. It's a lot easier to celebrate than it is to criticize. And when we start celebrating each other, we lift up, lift off the stress that, that someone is causing. And we say, you know what? You got this. You can do this. And we start celebrating. When we start celebrating what we see on social media and we stop criticizing it, social media will look a lot different. And I can't wait for that day. I, I recently got off of Facebook. I, I deleted it from my phone because I was finding that in my spare time, in my, in my dead time, I call it, I would be on Facebook. I didn't need that garbage. I don't need it. I'm not saying that you don't all need need Facebook. But I'm saying that your life is a whole lot easier when, it, when you get rid of it. It just causes a lot of unnecessary stress. So he addresses relationships. He says you're all going to die. So you know what? You better stop comparing, one, comparing yourselves to another because you're all the same. The second thing that he addresses is our time. Our time. He says, all of you are the same because 
you all have little time. You're only a vapor. You're only a mist. It's not going to last. And again, that can cause you more stress if you think about it. But when you find Jesus as your refuge, you never have to be overwhelmed by that. When I think of all the stress we all carry, I think about all that we're doing. And when I think about all we're doing, I say we're doing too much. We don't have enough time to do what we're doing. We can't do it all. Some of you need to learn this word. No. You, you say yes to too many things. You say yes to your kids. You say yes to your job. You say yes to your friends. And you look at your schedule and you're going, where did my week go? You said yes to too many things. Last year I coached a basketball team for my son. Uh, I was the head coach last year. There was a sweet family on our team. I love, I love this family. And um, we were leaving a game one day, and I said, hey, have a great Saturday. Go home and get some rest. And they looked at me like I was crazy. They said, rest? What's that? They said, well, we got to take him to this, and we got to take him to that, and we got to take him to this. And I was like, hey, I was just trying to get home. don't rest enough. And I've found myself getting in that in that mindset as well. A couple years ago, when we were in the beginning stages of the refuge, I went to a to a conference where one of my heroes, Randy Bizet, was, was speaking. I, I met Randy there and he asked me how things were going because he knew we had started a church. I said, Randy, I'm tired. And I started. I, I had a break that night. Like, I had a break that night. And I am tired. He said, Adam, you need to take a day off. He said, when's the last time you took a day off? And I started thinking about it. And I was like, not since we started the church. He said, you need to take a day off. You need a Sabbath. You weren't designed to work seven days a week. God took a rest. You need one too. And I got home and I said, I am going to take a day off. <laughs> and so now, every, right now it's Monday. Mondays we take a day off. It, that may change sometimes because uh, it just might. But right now it's, it's Monday. We take Mondays off. It doesn't mean that you can't call me. I'm still your friend. Just don't ask me to work. <laughs> it, I will. But we need to rest. Again, rest for the soul is different than taking a nap. And sometimes, as we rest, we need to evaluate what's going on in our lives. We need to get out our calendar. We need to ask ourselves, what needs to go? Ask yourself later, sometimes today, when you go home and you're reflecting on today's message, hopefully you do that every week, but but go home and just look, get out your calendar and say, what can we get out of this? What, what, what isn't necessary? Where is, where is all the things that I'm, that I'm saying yes to that I can say no to? That will take care of a lot of your stuff. It won't eliminate it all, but it will take care of some of it. 
if we don't manage our time, our time will manage us. If we don't manage our time, our time will manage us. Look at your schedule and make some adjustments. At our house, at our house, we, we tell our kids we're not going to walk on our schedule. And this is just us. And we, we, we set some ground rules. We say 1.14 per kilo. One sport, one sports team. You can't play on, on multiple teams at once. I, I was talking to a guy at my, at my daughter's softball game yesterday, and he's got two kids. And two kids, they've got five different teams that they're a part of. And I'm like, how in the world do you do that? I can barely do one team. And, and one team for Anna and one team for Graham, I can barely do that. And you've got five? And they said, yeah, and we actually had to tell our son to say no to this kid. And I'm going, it's no wonder we are stressed out because we don't have time. going to manage your stress, you're going to have to manage your time. If you don't manage your time, your time will manage you. So what? So how do you manage your time? Ask yourself, I will only do, this is one of the things I do, I will only do what matters. I will only do what matters. So what, what matters? Well, ask yourself this question. Will it matter 100 years from now? Will it matter 100 years from now? What matters 100 years from now? People matter 100 years from now. So invest in people. God matters 100 years from now. So invest in God. Eternity matters 100 years from now. So invest in eternity. And so I try to center my life, my time around those three things. The third thing is, is that causes stress is love. Now, in, in this passage of Scripture, he talks about not letting money become the center of our life. In First Timothy chapter six, verse six through ten, it says, "Yet true godliness and contentment itself is great wealth. After all, we we brought nothing with us, and we can came into this world, and we can't take anything with us when we leave it. So, if we are we have enough food and clothing, let us be content. Let us be content with enough food." Let's be content with enough clothing. Verse 9 says, But people who long to be rich fall into temptation and are trapped by money and foolishness and harmful desires that plunge them into ruin and destruction. Verse 10, For the love of money is the root of all evil. Maybe I could say it like this. For the love of money is the root of all stress. And some people craving money have wandered from the tr- true faith that appears from the inside. Manage your time, manage your money, and things will get a whole lot easier. Jeremiah chapter 6, verse 16 says this. This is what the Lord says. Stop at a crossroads and look around. You're at a crossroads today. Look around. Ask for the old godly way Travel its path, and you will find rest for your soul. When you walk in the godly way, the old godly way, and walk in it, 
you're still, but you reply, no, that's not the road that I want. Again, my fear is that we want to address our stress, but we don't want to address the cause of our stress. We don't want to walk in it. We don't want to manage our time because our kids are going to hate us. If we say no, they can't play that sport. We don't want to manage our money because we really want those things that we don't have. We want to find rest for our souls, and God wants you to find rest for your souls too. So tell us how to do it. But are you willing? So I want to leave you with three quick principles that can help you in managing these things. Number one, you have to live with purpose and urgency. You have to live with purpose and urgency. When you find purpose, you find what to say no to. When you find purpose, you learn what to say yes to. Because that's my purpose in life. And that's going to help me fulfill my purpose in life. And that's what I'm going to do because it's helping me fulfill my purpose. I try my best not to do anything on Saturday night. I try my best to be home by by 8 o'clock on Saturday night. I almost made it last night. The reason is because if I stay, I know if I stay out late on Saturday night, that's going to affect me on Sunday morning. And my purpose is Sunday morning. Last week, we had a guest speaker, Luke Walters, was here, and, and Luke's a big baseball fan, and so um, we got tickets to go to the Red Sox. Last Friday night, um, guess what? It rained in Boston. It, it's not just raining in Maine, it's raining in Boston, too. And we got to, to Boston, we drove all the way down, we parked our car, and we got out of the car, we got to get on the, on the elevator in the, in the parking garage, and the lady said, Hey, are you guys going to the game? We said, yeah. She goes, you were going to the game. <laughs> I heard it got postponed. So I got my phone. I got on ESPN. I was like, oh, I'm postponed. I don't know. So they rescheduled the game for June 8th at 6, 10 p.m. June 8th is a Saturday night at 6, 10 p.m. So if anybody wants some Red Sox tickets, I'm selling them. <laughs> That's not why I tell you that story. I tell you that story to tell you. Sell those Red Sox tickets, but I tell you that story to tell you that if it affects Saturday night, if it is, if it's going to affect Sunday morning, I say no. You have to prioritize in your life, which brings me to number two. You have to put the first things first. Put the first things first. Let me get back to purpose for a minute because I don't want to get ahead of myself. At the refuge, we do everything that we can to get you to live with your purpose in mind. And so, here recently, we we bought a, a banner, and it's and it's out there. You can see it on your way out. Actually, it's, it's right at the door. The banner says, um, "The vision of the refuge church is to help you know God, to help you live free, to help you discover your purpose, help you lead and impact." That's what we want for your life. We want you to know God. We want you to live free. We want you to discover your purpose, and we want you to leave an impact in this world. And so we've done things in our system to help you do those four things. And one of the things that we have to get better at is we have to get better with the reason we do those things. We 
say, if you want to go to my, if you want to make the refuge church your home, my refuge is the path to take. And that tells you a little bit about that. But what we miss out on is we, we, we miss out on telling you that in my refuge, you discover your purpose. In my refuge, one of the things that we do is we, we, we take a, a quiz to help you discover what, what energizes you, what motivates you, what gets you going so that you can find the purpose that God has you on this planet for. And, and so that's just one of them. But, but to, to know God, what we do for, to know God is we, we have Sunday morning experiences. Our Sunday morning experience is designed to help people know God more. We want you to know God, and then we want you to live free. And so what we've done to help you live free is we've given you small groups. And small groups helps us live in freedom because when you open up to each other and when you have no secrets, you're able to live free. And when you live free, you can live without stress because you have people that are in your corner that are helping you carry the load. You can't do it alone. You can't fight the stress alone. You have to have people that help you with help you with it. So we give you groups to help you live free. And then we want you to leave an impact. And the way that we live an impact in this world is by serving on our dream team. When we serve one another and when we serve in the name of the Refuge Church, we leave an impact in this world. And not only in the name of the Refuge Church, but in the name of you too. Like, it empowers you. You discover things about yourself that you didn't realize that you could leave an impact on. We want you to leave an impact in this world because that's what God wants. So then you have to put first things first and prioritize. Matthew 633 says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added to you. Ladies and gentlemen, when I read that verse, I'm afraid that what happens is we want all the things that are added to us. We want all the things that we need but we don't want to do the things to seek the kingdom of God. Because when it gets down to it, when the rubber meets the road, in order to seek God, the reality is, is that I have to give up some things. I have to give up some pride. I have to, to let go. I have to open my hands. This isn't meant to be a hard message. This is meant to be a message that is that lifts you up, that lifts the burdens off of you, and that relieves you of the stress. But it requires work, and that's where it gets hard. Over the past year, I started going to a chiropractor because I turned 39. <laughs> When I go to the chiropractor, he lines me up. He, he pokes me with this thing, and it, and, it, and it helps with my nervous system and gets me all lined up again. Sometimes he cracks my neck and cracks my back. And I leave the chiropractor, and I feel really good. I feel, I feel like a new man. And every Sunday morning, you come into this church, you have the opportunity to get adjusted. Now, hopefully, some, 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 some months I go into the chiropractor and I'm a, 
I'm a little bit more out of whack than others. Sometimes there's some Sundays that you come in, you're a little more out of whack than others. But you know how we get realigned? We put God first. When you put God first in your life, you get realigned with Him. And you realize that He's got it. That's why I love baptism. Because right now we have we have two people, two kids that are saying, I want to put God first. I believe we're going to have more than that. I believe there's someone in this room that needs to get baptized and say, you know what, I think I can do that today. I'm going to tell you how to do that in a moment. Or you're saying, I just want to put God first in my life. Baptism is a great way to do that. In fact, I, I would I would argue that there's really no other there's no better way to practically put God first. Finally, number three, you have to keep my heart set on heaven. I have to keep my heart set on heaven. When I set my heart on heaven, I set my heart on eternity. I realize that this earth has nothing to offer me. You see, we we tend to think. That, that this earth can be like heaven. Ladies and gentlemen, this earth will never be like heaven until Jesus comes back. We tend to think that this earth can be like heaven, but I, I, I think that that's, that's something that we've made heaven to be. But it's not. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16 and 18 says, that is why we never give up. Though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed every day, for our present troubles are small and won't last very long. I got good news. This trouble that you go through right now, it won't last. Yet we pro- produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them. Will, that will last forever. So we don't look at the troubles that we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on the things that we cannot see. For the things that we now will soon be gone are the things that we cannot see. We will last forever. This is why I love having guys like Luke Walter come in and speak for us. Because uh, he was here last Sunday, those of you that have, have don't know who I'm talking about. And uh, Luke is currently in Sri Lanka, where um, they're experiencing pretty crazy things, like cyclones and bombing. He went there because he realized that this world, this earth, has nothing to offer. That heaven is his home. It doesn't matter. The sooner we realize that it doesn't matter, the sooner we get rid of some of the stress in our lives. This earth was never meant to be heaven. And in John 14, verse 1 and 2, I want to leave you with this last verse. I don't think that you can really preach on stress without reading it. 
Jesus said, don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me. Don't be troubled by what's happening in your life. There's more than enough room in my father's home. If this were not so, I would have told you, and I am going to prepare a place for you. Ladies and gentlemen, I want you to know this morning that God offers you more than a better now. He offers you a better place. He offers you more than a better now. He offers you a better place that he has gone on to prepare for us and is in heaven and is with him and is without any stress. I said it's without any stress. Come on, let me get a response for that. If you're here and you want to get baptized or Close your eyes, bow your heads. You know, I, I, I can't help. I, I'm, I'm going to invite the prayer team to come forward too. This is a this is a message, and I, I you know, I ask God to, to lift the spirit of heaviness from this this place every Sunday morning, because I know that you guys come in with with heaviness, and you come in with with things that, that you're dealing with. And, Right now, I, I, I sense that there's, there's just a, a spirit of heaviness that some of you are, are going through, that some of you are walking through. If that's you, could you, could you just acknowledge it? Raise your hand. Say, Pastor Adam, I, I am stressed out. Everybody else. I want you to, to lay it at, at the cross this morning. And I want you to acknowledge that, that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And that if he is the way and the truth and the life for you to trust him with your soul, then you can trust him with your time. You can trust him, trust him with your money. You can trust him with your relationship. Maybe you're here and just going through life alone and, and you're and that that alone that just has you stressed out because you're trying to do it alone I want you to know that you don't have to do it alone anymore that Jesus has gone on to prepare a place for us to be home with him and that if you just acknowledge Jesus with your with your mouth like to do that this morning, would you do me a favor, would you say, Pastor, would you include me in all that prayer, please, anybody else?
anybody like that. Say, Pastor Adam, I want to be saved too. Thank you. If you raise your hand, I want you to, to repeat this prayer after me. Say, God, I come before you. And I ask you to, to be my Savior. To be my Lord. Come into my life because of what Jesus has done for me. In dying on the cross for my sins. Help me to live for you. Thank you for the new life that you give me. In Jesus' name I pray. Let me pray for those of you that are experiencing stress. God, I want to pray right now. All those hands that raise their hand that said, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm stressed out. Lord, I pray that you would give them the, the ability and the, the wisdom to, to take a look at their calendars this week. And to weed out the things that don't, don't need to be there. Help them to to make phone calls with people that they need to, to, to ask forgiveness for, that they need to apologize to, so they can manage their relationships well. Help them, God, to, to trust you in the area of their finances and to just give it over to you, God, and help them to, to plan that better. Help us to, to, to manage our lives well so that we don't have to experience stress. This is Jesus that I pray. Now before literally because because every baptism that we do and, and there may come a day when we don't do it so don't get your hopes up but every baptism that we do we like to celebrate and what better way to celebrate than with ice cream so we have invited an ice cream truck outside and everything is on the house today so you don't have to pay for your ice cream we're going to buy it for you because we believe in a generous God so we're going to be generous and buy you some ice cream today um, and, and, and just, just have at it and celebrate. We're going to celebrate what God has done. We're going to celebrate baptism. We're going to scream. We're going to shout. We're going to have a good time. So stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. And we're going to sing a song. Are you excited about baptism? Come on. Yeah.